music means that we start a new down the rabbit hole. Hello, Carl. Good morning, Rafa. It's a beautiful spring morning outside. Oh, yeah, finally spring is here. I think so. I saw blossom on trees the last couple of days. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. So I think maybe the warmer weather is coming. Yes, and actually, maybe, I don't know, one day we could make a recording in the outside. Outside, yes, but then we'd have to add beer, and that would be... And in a terrace. Uh, that would be interesting, actually. Yes, we could try yes, that. Yes, yes. Okay. Vox Pop stuff. Uh-huh, and yeah. maybe we can just people passing by ask them, hoping, hey, would you well, like yeah. to talk about this? Yeah. Tell us your opinion. And sign the disclaimer. Of <laughs> the waiver. <laughs> that we have to prepare. Of course, then. we have to do that. So, we have a very interesting topic today. Yeah. Because it's about artificial life. Mm. Which is not the same as our previous topic of artificial intelligence. No. This may not be intelligent. At all. <laughs> Or who knows. But we're talk uh, our subtitle here is also interesting. Playing mm. God, making money. Mm. Because, as we know, that is uh, the old uh, making money is a major motivator in a lot of this research. Yeah, there's a lot of money involved in here. And I think, again, it's the usual thing of, in a lot of these technologies, uh, one, you don't have to be the best, you just have to be the first, right? Yeah. And they're always looking for the killer application now. Not very good choice of words uh -huh. there, but, you know. Uh, and I think we should start first by uh, trying to define yeah. artificial life. A few, yeah. Would you like to start that? Okay. Um, basically, artificial life generally, generally refers to uh, either synthetic life, sometimes it's called A-life, um, And it's to do with the field of study of the systems related to life. And there are three broad areas Area. of investigation. One is what is called the soft, which is kind of exploring through software, um, mm -hmm. complex software, life mechanisms and processes and so on. Like enhancing through software. Kind of, yeah, exactly. And then there is the what's called hard, which is literally computer hardware to simulate. For example, I suppose you could, on a larger scale, think about these uh, artificial brain projects and things like that. Uh -huh. Although that's not quite the same thing. What though. about, uh, for example, an artificial finger? Or hand. An artificial finger is that, that is that not a prosthetic? Isn't that not a is that mm, not technology yeah, rather true. than science? True. If you know what I mean, uh -huh, uh -huh. that is the product. Of That's the product research, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. So I, I I I was having a bit of trouble thinking about a hard the hard version yeah, version of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, clearly we don't know enough about this subject. But the one that we're probably going to be talking about the most is what is called the wet, which is yeah. biochemistry. And it's the most common also in conspiracies. And in general, I think it's the most followed right now. I think so. Well, it's potentially, I suppose, where the most money is likely it's to be. It's going to. So, for example, if you talk about and I think we've maybe mentioned this before, about using genetically modified bacteria to clear up oil slicks uh -huh. or to um, clear up 
sewage, treat sewage, where, mm-hmm. the, where the modified bacteria would purify love sewage and will eat it three yeah. times a day for the rest of their yeah, extremely short fine. lives. Mm-hmm. And um, they excrete um, lavender oil or something or... Um, Something to air, air freshener. Air freshener. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, and that all requires, of course, genetic engineering. And uh, clearly, whoever can genetically engineer a bacteria that eats sewage and ejects air freshener is going to make a lot of money, aren't they? Of course. And there's a very. I would buy that product, to be honest. I think everybody would be interested yeah, in something I, like that. I think so. And I think the most uh, famous innovator is Craig Venter. Yeah. What can you tell us about Craig? Well, Craig, as I call him. Yeah, because, you know, we're, we're buddies. We're close. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> he's a, an American uh, biotechnologist. And he, I think he was born in 1949. So he's, he's, he's even older than me. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. He's still vertical, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, he's a, he's a biochemist as well and a geneticist. And, of course, he's an American. Uh, so he's also an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. So you kind of have to be to be in this, no? I I think so because if you relied on a, a street collection to fund your uh, mm-hmm. your experiments, you wouldn't get very far. No. So this guy is clearly is almost like the Apple equivalent in biotechnology. Uh-huh. He knows how to sell a concept. This guy, <laughs> yeah, right? and obtain the funds for it. He knows how to get the funds and he gets government funds, he gets funds from other research groups, from other wealth funds and so on and so forth. And he and his company, the Venter Institute, they were key players in the this project, this now finished project to do the initial mapping of the human genome. Uh-huh. And they actually developed, I believe, the machines that allowed it to speed up to the point where it got done in like a tenth of the time they thought it was going to take. Uh-huh. His, his, his company developed those, those uh, gene analysis systems. Anyway, he's gone, on to, um, he's gone on to greater things and was in fact the first... Um, Either him or his institute were the first to uh, insert a synthetic genome into a cell nucleus. They were the first people to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at these notes as well as you are, and I had to look up what that word transfect meant. Trans, yeah. Which actually means to put a gene into Inside. a nucleus. But um, the, the important part and the key word here is synthetic genome. Exactly. Exactly. That's the key here. And it is something we will be talking about more closely in the second part of this podcast. Next week. Mm -hmm. When we get down to the science, guys. Yes. But But today, we go about uh, conspiracy theories, science fiction, and so on. Yeah, we had trouble finding. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody has heard, knows, or can imagine a conspiracy theory related to this? Well, I think you have to be careful when you say everybody. Well, because yeah, I, I've, right. got, I've got a feeling that the vast majority of the planet don't really care. Mm, you're, it, you're right. There, this is actually. a geek thing, right? Yeah, unfortunately. And what is the most common? We can we call it organization or reference 
to World Conspiracies. Well, the New World Order. The New World Order. Yeah. I like the sound of it. Yeah. I've not seen the brochure for it yet. No. Sounds something like, again, Star Wars reference. It sounds... The First Order. It does. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yes. It does a bit. And uh, you found this particular one, this New World Order. Yeah. one of the most, and actually this is actually pretty common, I have seen it before, Yeah, that one of the goals of the New World Order, mm. uh, besides all these uh, theories of financial uh, domination and so on, yeah. it's about creating a new breed of superhumans, yeah. which can be called post-humans. Uh, post-humans, yeah. And uh, it's not really just like, uh, uh, how can we say... <laughs> Uh, an earthly plan earthly plan they are combining this conspiracy theory not only with a new world order but combined with aliens conspiracy theory because with conspiracy theories you can do that and you can join all of them I think quite all together. easily yeah, yeah. yeah they, and almost all of them have a link to aliens somehow those aliens right yeah if they would only at least show themselves uh, well yes and yeah not in a fuzzy way right yeah exactly distinctly so what's the what's the thing about uh, the post humans? Well, they are saying that uh, so there's there's some kind of conspiracy of world leaders and aliens, is that yes, all together, and there is going to come about in two different ways. The first one and the initial one will be in the inner circle of the new world order leaders. So I, I mentioned to you is this this what do they call it this Vanderbilt group band, band, uh, this group that meets every year. Ah, that's another one, yeah. Like uh, they have in California, I think. In, yeah, they go around in the woods and dance naked, and uh, well, I don't know, pee in the woods, or I don't know what else they do. You clearly know way more about it than I yeah, do. Yeah, and it's supposed that lot of leaders uh, attend and very important people. And there's very few of those I want to see naked. I have to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> none of that is working for me. And the idea of having those posthumans being uh, born within yeah. the circle of the New World Order yeah. leaders is that they will become so advanced, more than regular humans, mm. that the normal people would start to see them and, impl- uh, or let's say, try to get in the mind of people yeah. the image of gods, right. which this reminds you a little bit of how uh, in the past, in the, for example, Pharaoh era, mm. era mm-hmm. was a pharaoh seen as a god. That's right, yes. A I mean, descendant of gods. It, but it, it's, it's a typical kind of elitist conspiracy, yes, isn't it? And um, where there's always, you know, the the press of mankind feeling yeah. under the heel, under the boot of, of, course. of the people at the top and blah, blah, blah. And after this new post-human is yeah. born with all these enhancements and yeah. so on, the second one is to be... Uh, Will they have eyes in the back of their head? That's one of the things I yeah. want. Uh-huh. Really? Well, my mother had them. Uh-huh. And they seemed to... That seemed to work. Oh. Although I never saw them, obviously, but... Uh-huh. I think if we could have eyes in the back of our head, I think that would be... Um, uh-huh. I, actually, I think all moms are born with those. They are. And with an incredible sense of hearing... Because when everything goes silent, yeah. something is happening. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so in a way, when you're a, when you're a child, I suppose this is this is comparative, isn't it? Because yeah. it is like a child looking at his parents. Uh-huh. They kind of look at them as some kind of 
super demigod, right? yeah, exactly. Power over life and death. <laughs> Similar, yes. This is the grown-up version, uh-huh, mm-hmm. where uh, you can actually uh, interfere with uh, synthetic uh, genomes, yeah, and alter and maybe add add stuff, stuff, extra fingers, even in combining species. Which is one of the topics and one of the other conspiracy theories. These are your aliens again, right? Yes. Combining species, even from animals, you know. There have been stories about, and even movies and books, about uh, people trying to combine humans with animals. On purpose or by mistake. Or by mistake. And not only, I'm meaning in their features. I mean about getting a certain ability. No, ability. Right, right. Like, right, like... um, Eagle vision. Yeah, extended vision. Yeah. um, uh, One of those long tongs that goes out about three feet. What about producing a spider web? I'm, I'm cool with it. That would be funny. Uh, the, <laughs> where, where are we well, going to get that spider web well, out from? You can imagine sitting on your couch. Where's the <laughs> remote for the TV? Oh, it's over there. Fire the old spider silk Spider-Man style. Yeah. yeah. We're getting carried away again. Let's, <laughs> let's carry on. So the second way the New World Order yeah. would uh, deliver this post-human era will be creating, of course, in artificial intelligence. Of course. And, uh... Which apparently will never dominate the new world order. People. No. No. What they actually would like to do with that mm. is exterminate the lower Ex- class of humans. Of course. Not everybody, just the lower class. Yeah. I don't know what they would consider lower class. That is... Anybody less than them, I would Probably. Yeah. Anybody I, who I, can't they, they afford... They would still need humans for something, but... Uh, why? You know, maybe... They would well for hunting, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sure that'll about another movie. I'm sure yeah. that'll be legal by then. <laughs> uh, and they will re- be replaced by robots. Robots, and, yeah. And humanity will reach, according to them, the shining apex of their existence. Well, I presume if the robots are shiny, it would be a shining apex, wouldn't it? Yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And as I said to you earlier. If they replace all the humans with all the lower order humans with robots, who's paying the taxes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, that's the point. And who's going to clean the pool, right? I don't think they are going to do that with every human. Oh, so you think there'll be like a... They a will layer. start to get rid of maybe first uh, the poor people. Bottom up. Bottom up, yeah. Right. Yeah. Until right. The, a layer of people that actually serves their purpose. That right. would be something... It'd be interesting to know what the measure will be of where, where the cut-off that, point that's is. That's the problem, to see yeah. how could they measure something like this. Maybe it'll be up to and including anybody who has ever watched Game of Thrones, for example. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just Maybe. a personal... That's your personal point of view, yes. <laughs> and there is another uh, theory here, or let's say another side... Don't say theory, Rafa. No. You you are insulting the word theory. (laughs) Uh, It's the people... An idea. I guess, against... Yeah, an idea. It's called a transhumanism. Oh, yeah. So, it's people that choose to always focus on finding the negative things of evolution or... The yeah, it's like we were saying earlier. It's the concept of the double-edged sword turned into a global movement. And, and like in the article was saying, you know, it's like 
You tell them that the Alzheimer sufferer can now remember more with a brain implant. Yeah. Then these people will always go like, oh my God, they are going to track you down because yeah. the cell implant in the, your uh, implant in your brain is going to have a tracking device. Yes. I'm surprised any of these people manage to write any of this stuff as they have to use a computer and the internet to do it. But <laughs> the- <laughs> maybe they send letters in somewhere. Yeah. So, or that artificial hearts, you know, right. are hard to get and only the elite yeah. can get it. Mm. And, well, and there was uh, some comments on people saying that, in fact, and it's true, mm. these conspiracy theories could have some valid points. They all in in the it. fact that, okay, certain things can be traced. Mm. Even uh, uh, maybe an artificial genome could have a special signature that could also be traced to the origin where well, it came from. If it's a genome, then it's got DNA. That's got junk DNA. So you could probably use some of that junk DNA to write a copyright notice. Exactly. Yeah. And most likely companies would like to do that. I would imagine American companies would like to patent that. Patent that, In fact, yeah. they've already tried to do that, patenting the uh, genome sequences, sequences. that they f- found that they think they can make a drug treatment from. That mm-hmm. they've, they've actually patented a, quite a number of those. So, in the end, yes, yeah. things can be uh, tracked. Mm. And the other one thing is, uh, yes, right now, for example, uh, there was the example of the artificial heart. Yeah. But it's priced right now at around $200,000. Yeah. So, it's not really available to just anybody. Yeah, yeah but... But... Are they expensive anyway? It's not yeah. like... It, it, these are like... This is like saying, why do Rolls-Royce cars cost £200,000 or uh-huh. dollars? Well, number one, it's because they only make 50 of them a year <laughs> yes. by, hand, by hand in a special factory. And they have to use special materials because that's the market they're addressing. If you are making an artificial heart, you're not making it down the factory that makes window blinds, are you? It's not not like homemade. (laughs) That's right. It's it's not as if you're buying the materials on eBay or something, or on Amazon. Project of the weekend. Let's make an artificial heart. (laughs) Grandad needs a new heart. Let's make one, right? (laughs) Let's crowdsource. (laughs) So it's I I find some of these arguments are pretty ridiculous. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, But... But, yeah, I think your transhumanists are your ultimate grumpy people, aren't they? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is like grumpy humans. Nothing's right. Uh-huh. Somebody's always up to something, which is largely true. But, you know. And then we come to yeah. a very uh, interesting one as well, which is about the military and the Pentagon. The military. You know that they have this program, the DARPA. <clears throat> DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Program. Program, yes. They get up to all kinds of interesting stuff. All crazy stuff, interesting actually, some yeah. of them. The robot stuff. and yeah. the, uh, We wouldn't have the self-driving car without them. Without right? them, right? right? Or the internet. Uh-huh. So what are they doing? Well, they are developing synthetic organisms that can live forever. Or can be killed with a molecular switch. A kill switch. A kill switch, It's yes. a big red button on somebody's desk. <laughs> kill everything. Maybe says also at the same time, Bazinga! <laughs> <laughs> or that big button you can get in some, you hit the button and he goes, oh, that was easy. Yeah. Like that, that one. 
Well, in fact, they are getting six million into the project called uh, BioDesign. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to eliminate the randomness of natural evolutionary advancement. So short circuit evolution to get to yes. some uh, improved mm-hmm. human 2.1, is that the... Uh... Yes. So the plan is to assemble uh, all this knowledge and yeah. come up with something living, breathing creatures that are genetically engineered to produce the intended biological effect. Fantastic. Yes. So, and of course, the thing is that they want them to be having a very long uh, lifespan. Yeah. Because otherwise it's not really productive it's at all. It's not economic, it, is It's it, not, right? uh, exactly. And... But in case yeah. something goes wrong, yeah. they have to have a kill switch in the at the molecular level. Well, you've got to have a kill switch, right? Uh-huh. So, it's actually interesting and because... Part of this technology could be used also to in- increase in the lifespan of humans themselves. Yeah. Bearing bear bear in mind, it's probably also not true. Yes, of course. This will be some... Because that's what we're saying. It's just BS a conspiracy version theory. of the truth. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <clears throat> but, yeah. And actually, there was a very interesting thing that uh, caught my attention. Yeah. The article saying that gene therapy... Mm. Uh, you know, used uh, um, yeah. into to boost cell life yeah. and... It has been proven, according to them, mm. to extend the lifespan lifespan of uh, mm. by twenty percent in rats. Yes, and the world needs longer living rats, right? Of course, because we're not utilizing them but properly. Do you think that, for example, how? Because we also enter here in a in a world of ethics, you know. Yeah, I agree. Mm. This is also something ethic. That's why this thing of playing God. Big ethics And we're not talking really about the religion part. We're talking actually about... We haven't got time to do that. No. No. There's no time to talk about that in this (laughs) kind of things, I think. Or ever. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, uh, in the ethic part, Mm. uh, how uh, good is, for example, to extend the lifespan lifespan of humans? Yeah. Uh, Up to what point? You mean, is it a good idea... Fundamentally. Fundamentally. Well, I, we, we know that we can link us. Uh, I was commenting before the show started, mm. even in old documents and biblical even documents mm. of humans living maybe 500 years, 300 years, more than that. Right. So in some advancements, some projects claim to have uh, extended the lifespan of cells by three times. Yeah, but um, it is known, for example, that one of the biggest causes, shall we say, of uh, cellular death, which is uh-huh. ultimately what what causes ageing mm-hmm. or misduplication as the cells are uh, reproducing, is these telomores, you know, these uh, things on the end of the DNA. Um, that have, you know on shoelaces where you have that little bit at the yes, end? That the, little the plastic, plastic bit? Thing, yeah. Well, telomores have been compared to those and as the telom- each time the cell replicates, the telomore gets a little bit shorter and then when it replicates again, it gets a little bit shorter and eventually when that gets beyond a certain point, that's when it all starts going wrong, right? So um, I've completely forgotten where I was going with this. <laughs> but... Um, we need to get a new implant. We, <laughs> yeah, my brain cells are dying faster than I can think. Um, maybe we should move on from there. 
Yes. I'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I think the point you wanted to arrive to was that... Yeah. Uh, in- oh, oh, yeah, sorry, my point. Okay, right, my point, right, my point, sorry. Sorry, listeners. Right, my point was that it's uh, quite well known and established that the potential maximum natural life of a human is thought to be about 129 years. So if we could remove the factors that cause disease in old age and so on and so forth, potentially we have the potential to live to 129 years. So we already have the capability of living to quite a decent age. And, And the question is as much a societal one, isn't it, in that we seem to have enough trouble figuring out how people can have a decent uh-huh. quality of life. Quality of life and age. Once they retire, yeah. if and when they get to retire. So you kind of think it, this is another area where it's an example of technology getting what, potentially getting way ahead of our ability to cope is, is what as a I society. Is what I was about to mention, that mm-hmm. in, in the psychological part of a human, yeah. and actually in society in general, yeah. For example, a human that could live 300 years yeah. at retirement age, about 65, <laughs> then you will still be like a kid. Well, You're a yeah. like child, you know, keep on working for another 100 years and maybe you will retire. I suspect you'd have to work till you were like 200. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talk about- Damn, that's a long, <laughs> that's a long time. Yeah. Uh, just imagine But the that, holiday that- entitlement you would build up on that period. <laughs> You will be getting like three years sabbatical and there will be no problem, I believe. I would have thought so. But actually, that would change completely society. Utterly. That will change completely our perceptions. But of course, if they do evolve these uh, treatments to extend life, I think it is a fair comment that potentially uh, it will be probably a privately funded effort. Yes. And it will only be available to certain super, people. Super rich. Yes. Um, um. Yeah, I don't know what I think about that. It seems. No. I think we can move now uh, to movies. I think we should because we could go on about yeah. that all day. A few movies that we uh, could comment about. This area. Yeah. Yes. You want to start with the I'll, first one? I'll start with the first one. Um, it's called Splice. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, released in 2009. And although I think it didn't do brilliantly at the box office, it is actually not a bad movie. I think you've seen it as yes, well. Yes, yes. And it's about these two geneticists who are in the game of producing hybrid species, as you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get into a funding problem with their company and they end up taking. It is probably the one of the worst examples of taking your work home I've come across uh-huh. yeah. in some time because they take their experiment home and uh, it produces this creature yes. who uh, fortunately is pretty good looking. Uh-huh. It's female. Uh, and they got attached to her away, in a way. Uh, that, I think, yes, as this is a PG... Yeah. <laughs> we probably shouldn't go any further than that, but there's some hanky panky girls on this. Yes. Let's just put it that way. Anyway, it's entertaining. Yes. And, uh, And then we have a classic. Classic. A classic in games because started as a game. Of course. Resident Evil. Mm. Uh, military, you know, fights the out of control 
uh, creatures created the, the by umbrella company. the umbrella. Yeah, actually, uh, it's like a very good example of this. Mm, it you is. Know? It is. I think it's like even the perfect example of what we talk about about uh, being God and making money, being a company, a successful company, umbrella, being driven by the bottom line. Yes, and superseding all ethical and moral everything, and creating a subspecies or a species, a yeah. new organism. Yeah. And of course, goes out of control, and they have to, you know, <laughs> the usual fight it and so on. Yes, and well. Sexy-looking women in the movie as well. Uh, yeah. Entertaining. But if you prefer gaming, you should go and play the games, actually. Yes. Uh, that, I have to say that the Resident Evil kind of world concept yeah. is actually very nicely worked out. Actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think, which is why, of course, they've made seven movies, right? Yeah, there are a lot <laughs> of them. And... <laughs> in fact, also the games, there are lots of them. Right. And for moments... It can be really scary, yeah. the game. Yeah. Especially if you're playing it by at night, you know, alone, yeah. at two in the morning, three I, in the what morning. What have I told you about doing that? Yeah. yeah. I should stop doing that. You though. really should. And then we have 28 Weeks Later. 28 Weeks Later, which is actually a British film, uh-huh. actually. Um, well, when I say British film, it was certainly directed by a British director, uh-huh. Roddy Dowell, I think it is. Danny Boyle, sorry. Boyle. Danny Boyle, uh, 2007, uh, that's your kind of epidemic type storyline, uh, the rage virus, they called it, um, effectively uh, annihilated the uh, population of British Isles, and of course, guess who comes to the rescue? Americans. Because that's what the they... The American army, right? That's what they do, right? Um and basically they kind of get things under control, uh, but unfortunately um, the disease kind of gets through the filters that have been set up and it kind of all kicks off again and you just end up with a few survivors mm-hmm. left. It's actually quite a scary movie, now, actually. Yes, now, I don't know if it is related to the other movie, 28 Days Later, which it's, is the American... It is related. It is related, that, right? Yeah. It's like the second part, let's say, of yeah, the movie. They're certainly somehow related. Yes. Well, well, the, well the interesting part here is this 20, virus... 28 Days Later is the original film. Uh-huh. 28 uh-huh. Weeks Later is the Sequel. follow-on film. Yeah. So we, we should mention that, that 28 yeah. Days Later... Is the original. Is the very good original. This one, in fact, is the not-so-good... Follow, follow up. up. But it's, it's not too bad. Yes, but the, the interesting part here is uh, about the virus itself and in yeah. also in many other movies about zombies and stuff like that. Yeah. For people to start to react like this, do you think that maybe, for example, this virus should mm. be is bioengineered to have its own uh, set of uh, commands and things, you right. know? Because all of them have the same... Act, way of acting and de- uh, behaving. There's a standard zombie. A right? standard zombie and a standard uh, a change in people when yeah. they get infected. Yeah. They so, seem to want to eat other people. Yeah, eat flesh. Yeah, eat flesh. And they have very poor dress sense, I've noticed. Yeah, and all of them limp. Uh, there's a lot of limping going on. <laughs> yes. right? So I don't know whether the virus causes one leg to Maybe actually shorten. Maybe that's a faulty programming. 
He's, he's, he's a not, bug. He's, literally, it's a bug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, don't you think that this kind of zombie kind of trope as a kind of a story idea is kind of getting a bit old? I think it has been exploited as much as it could. I, I think exploitation is the correct word. Yeah. But it it is getting a bit... You know what they say, use it and exploit it until it gives no more. Yeah, yeah thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that life little lesson there. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I think the whole zombie thing is getting a bit old. Yeah. We need something new. Okay, let's go fast to some books some that books. we can recommend about uh, this uh, sci-fi topic. Shall I do this one because I've you read it? You do that one because I didn't read this one. So. It is a very good book and I think we have actually touched on it before. It's called Blood Music and it's written by a, a, I think it's a British author called Greg Bear and it's uh, thought to be possibly either the first or one of the first sci-fi books to treat DNA as a, like a, a computational system. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it's about a biotechnologist who gets um, let go from his uh, work. He's a research mm-hmm. guy and he's suitably angry at this point. And what he does is he injects himself to sneak his research work out of the company. He injects himself with his research materials. Mm-hmm. And what he thinks is that it's inert and that what he'll do is he'll then use his own blood to create a culture and he'll then carry on doing his research yeah. from home. Mm-hmm. But what happens is it actually starts to evolve in his body. And take advantage in his body. And, and things develop. start happening. It's a really good book. Uh-huh. Anyway, this next one. The Wind-Up Girl. Yeah. 2009. And we're not even going to try to pronounce the author's name. Uh, let me see if I can try. Go have a go. <laughs> Paolo Bacigalupi. Or Bacigalupi. Do you think that's Spanish or... Uh, sounds maybe like Italian or Italian. Portuguese, I don't oh, know. Oh, right. It's Portuguese, isn't it? Yeah. And it talks about the story of Anders, uh, the company, uh, the guy that works in a company called Anderson Lake. Mm. And he works for this Agrigen. Agrigen uh, company in Thailand. Yeah. And he's undercover as a factory manager. And he's. Uh, uh, He's doing he, research, isn't doing he? Doing, like, research, and there he founds this uh, uh, girl, Emiko, mm. which is a wind-up girl. She's the wind-up girl. And it's like a... She's not human. Not human at he all. He finds out. It's a engineered being. Yeah. And she's, she has been, let's say, kind of a program to satisfy uh, that... Whims of uh, yeah. so she's like a like a of, what do they call it? It's a um, like a service or a, a service it? droid. Service <laughs> droid, yeah. Of a of a particular. She nature. has to just satisfy the yeah a party whatever girl. he wants of a businessman in Kyoto. A, a party girl, yeah. Mm. But then she she got abandoned in the streets of yeah. Bangkok, and it's. Him exploring. Yes, it's a story about this guy and this girl. It looks very interesting, actually. Yeah, it's actually interesting. And we've got a link to it on our notes. Yes, we will link all those books there in Mm. the notes. 
And the last one. Yes. Shall I do this one? Mm-hmm. Mainly because I can pronounce the author's name. Okay. Um, it's called Limit of Vision uh, by Linda Nagata, mm-hmm. is how I think that is. Yes. And it's basically uh, three uh, young biotechnologists um, work together to create a, a life form, an artificial life form that they call love. And love is a, an acronym for limit of vision. And the reason why they called it that was that this is not uh, nanotechnology or anything, mm-hmm. anything like that. It is literally at the limit of human vision. You can, it is, shall we say, it's just below the limit of what you can actually see, see. With, your, with your eye. And basically, um, um, the the love uh, life form actually contains bioengineered human neurons, neurons. and um, they use it uh, to. They find that when they implant it in animals, it enhances their brain function, and in the future that they live in, experimenting experiments of this kind on humans is illegal. Um, but obviously they're young, the world is their oyster, so they ignore the rules and they start to experiment with it on humans. And yeah. guess what? Everything goes wrong. Everything goes wrong. That's the, yeah, always. <laughs> so there's, it would have made a very bad book if everything went fantastically yeah. and we all lived happily ever after. So Maybe it would be like a textbook for school or something. Yeah, something like that for eight-year-olds, right? Yeah. Um, so basically everything goes wrong and there's all kinds of bizarre and unforeseeable consequences. Um, and it's about what happens and what the impact is on the human evolution. Uh So another very interesting concept, I think. And, uh, again, I haven't read that one, but having found it for the, uh, for the podcast, I I may well read Mm -hmm. it. So there you go. Yes. With this, we reach the end of the show of today. Yeah. And wait for the next one where we talk about the science of uh, artificial life. Yes, I think that will be quite interesting. Yep. Let's see where the money is. Mm -hmm. See you, Carl, next week. I will see you next week. My name is Rafael Ruiz, and we will talk to you down the rabbit hole next time. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Darkmind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Darkmind Radio 2016.